0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: All right, guys, welcome to part two of Wisdom Field Warriors. As I said in our last session, um, this is going to be a pretty long set of uh, parts to this new book, Wisdom Field Warriors. I encourage you to look for it. It'll be out at the end of January uh, 2022. Um, And it's based on this scripture in Proverbs 21, verse 22, um, that says, basically, the Lord is awakening his warriors filled with wisdom to ascend the high place and release breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. And so in our last session, we talked about really uh, a a key point that I wanted to emphasize, which is the revelation of how real the demonic world really is. Most Christians go through life, they go through uh, churches and participate in church settings that really are kind of oblivious to how real the spirit world is and how real, how impactful it is in people's everyday lives we default to the culture that surrounds us in thinking that oh well i just got sick it's just the way it is that's part of part of life i just you know cancer is inevitable it's just you know it's part of life and i'm here to tell you that's a lie from the devil if he can deceive you and to keep you in that perspective that he uh, really isn't that big a deal, and as long as you don't mess with him, he's not going to mess with you. That is an absolute lie from the devil. It's it's deception. Um, and when I told you the Navajo uh, Indian story last week with that demon that tried to choke me and and brought sickness onto me as I initiated deliverance on that 400-pound uh, uh, Navajo Indian um I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't, uh, because it's going to be central. It's a central theme in terms of the awakening of the warriors of God. Um, You know, I had been casting out devils. I was just baptized in the Holy Spirit a matter of probably four months at that point. Um, And my perspective changed. It changed because it became personal. The Lord led me into a battle not to actually cause me to get hurt but my the realization of how real the demonic world is and and the intent of satan to come to kill steal and destroy when jesus said that in john 10 you know as a as a general believer you can read over that and say well that's not really today that's not really true i don't know about that you know i just i keep my distance i I go through life i'm just you know i show up on sundays i believe And um, that's actually a mentality that that slides right into the deceptive power of Satan. If he can keep you from perceiving and discerning his presence, how real he is, he lurks in the background, keeps the the people of God deceived and and basically rendered powerless. Because if you don't realize that you are fighting in a war against demonic powers, you will... um, uh, take what I take on what I call like a denominational mentality where you just fit into the culture there is no confrontation and that's that's the ultimate lie you are in a war you are um, in a confrontation there's there's no getting around it and you're either a prisoner of war and don't even know it or you're awakened to fight and uh, my intent is to try to awaken you um, not only to the fact that you're in a war but ultimately to the weapons that the Lord gives his warriors in the call uh, to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, and release those who are bound in prison. That is the call of Christ. That is his mantra. That's his, his mission statement, right? That's when he stood up. Um, when he came out of the desert, he stands up in the temple and says, this is what I am. I am a warrior. The spirit of God is upon me to heal the broken hearted, to hunt down demons, to cast them out, to drive them out, to release the mercy of God, to pull the people close to God by the power of the Holy Spirit, not to condemn them. I didn't come to condemn them. I came to bring them close and to ri- literally rip them out of the deceptive power The prisons and and chains that that Satan puts upon the people. And so having the right perspective of how real the demonic world is, um, you know, after that occurrence at the Navajo Nation, um, my mentality was, oh my gosh, how real are demons causing sickness? How real is the fact that a person uh, was fine and all of a sudden, boom, they they have a disease. They have something came on them, right? Uh, they, they have oppression. They were fine and all of a sudden they are severely depressed. Uh, they can't literally cope because of the oppression and heaviness and continual mental combat that comes upon them. I'm telling you guys, demons are responsible for more than you think. And I gave you a whole bunch of scriptures last time. I'm not going to go through them again, but there are a whole bunch of scriptures that reference jesus coming upon people who are sick um and diseased and oppressed mentally with depression and heaviness and suicide that are demon um driven those are caused by demons okay so part of the awakening um To to the calling of being a warrior in Christ is the revelation and being willing to be confronted by Christ Himself. A lot of you might be feeling right now, "Wow, this guy's pretty harsh. This guy, he's not doesn't doesn't sound very Christian." Like, Um, but listen, guys, you know what Jesus did when after He was resurrected and He found His disciples and the other believers sitting in a room huddled with the door locked, shaking thinking, oh my God, we're going to be the next ones on that cross. You know what he did? It says, uh, if if you look at Mark 16 and John 20, um, it says he walked through the wall. He sat down at the table with them. The very place, that's a representation of communion. He sits down at the table and he, he confronted their unbelief. He confronted their fear. He actually looked them in the eye and said, that is not me fear is not who I am. And he didn't condemn them, but he confronted them. He actually uh, reached and touched them. He, he could have left them alone, but he came. He confronted the lie in their heart that they were, uh, they were basically sons of fear and powerless. And he says, no, no, no. You're going to sit at this table with me. You're going to commune with me And these signs are going to follow you in my name. You will cast out devils. You will heal the sick. You will do the supernatural. You will baptize people in the power of the Holy Ghost. You will take the kingdom to the people. This is the kingdom, guys. Um, Over 180 times in the New Testament, Jesus talks about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. He says the kingdom is at hand. He basically is is uh, he gave the disciples the ability to pray in the holy spirit to receive supernatural weapons of war from the kingdom right visions dreams those are impartations those are weapons of war and we're going to talk about those later um as we get deeper in into the series and into the book um as the weapons of war but in this in this episode um this confrontation of Jesus coming in to awaken believers, to awaken his followers, to truly represent him. Um, it's a mentality, it's a nature, it is a, a a position of the heart that you are ready for war, that you are willing and ready to give your life to set people free through the confront- confrontation with demonic powers. Okay, and so having the right perspective, right? Yeah, the right perspective. Of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is extremely important. Um, The Lord Himself in Exodus 15 3, in the awakening of a nation being pulled out of Egypt um, and actually raining judgment upon the Egyptian gods, uh, bringing judgment upon the powers of darkness and evil that enslaved His people, the Lord uh, says in Exodus 15 3, He says, I am a warrior. That's what I am. I'm am a warrior. I came literally to pick a fight with the most powerful uh, man and the most powerful demonic entities on earth. I came into Egypt. I empowered a man to to speak specific things I give to him, right? He, he gave Moses specific things to speak. And when he spoke them, Moses was <clears throat> releasing the vision of the Lord the word of God to Pharaoh and the demonic powers and the hail came, right? The judgment, the plagues came not to condemn the people of God, but to judge the powers of darkness and the people that are aligned with the powers of darkness. The Lord came to judge in that situation, to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted. He did the supernatural by bringing judgment upon the evil powers and that is the essence of christ when he came right christ when when jesus came he didn't come to condemn the sinner he came to deliver them they couldn't do it themselves they were under the the legalized manipulative control Of the Pharisees in the synagogue, who put condition after condition, Um, they had they charged them a temple tax to get into the door. Right, a lot of you are in that situation. You're charged a temple tax just to come into a building, to be part of a group. That's your that's your club dues, so to speak. Um, And I'm getting off in a different tangent, but the reality is, Jesus came to give life. He came in the mercy of God to set believers free, not to condemn, but to deliver. And this mentality is woven throughout the New Testament. It's actually woven throughout the Bible, particularly woven throughout the New Testament and to the believers that are awakened to do the supernatural ministry of Jesus Christ. Okay. So <clears throat> there's nothing that imprisoned Christ. He confronted the demonic realm. He confronted the government. He confronted dead religious systems. He even uh, impoverished. He even confronted the impoverished mindset of believers. Why? To get the alignment of heaven on earth. And so the rebuke of the disciples, as they were sitting in fear, was pointed. It was for a reason. It was to establish, to impart, to get them ready to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and embrace the call of Christ the Warrior. Okay. There's a, there's a nature of the, of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that reveals they are not pushovers. They are, they are not um, this false thing like, oh, well, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And, um, you know, you got to read that stuff in the right context. He's talking about being merciful to people so that they can see Christ. He's not talking about being merciful to demons. He's not talking about being uh, merciful to principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that are intending to kill, steal, and destroy from his people, okay? When I got up off the floor at that Navajo Indian reservation, and that evangelist's wife that had the vision that set me free, buddy, you want to talk about a man possessed with purpose? I prayed and fasted relentlessly. I wanted, number one, I wanted that gift that she functioned in, that she could name a principality and command it to leave a person. I desperately sought it. I, I pursued the Lord till it was imparted to me. And the other thing is my revelation that demons are woven into the fabric of this world, into the garden of this world. And they are deceiving people all day long, hiding behind the scenes, not really getting, you know, they they work so fluently in in deception and the mass numbers of people. And more importantly, the majority of the church doesn't even recognize they're in a fight against demon powers. And so this nature of war has to literally being embraced. Okay, the father literally picked a fight when he decided to plant the garden with Adam and Eve on the earth, do you not believe that the Lord actually knew where he kicked Satan out of heaven and and Satan literally uh, took up residence on the earth? Do you think it's just coincidence that, oh, well, Satan ended up here and The garden, well, the Lord just coincidentally planted a garden. And as long as they don't interact with each other, everything's good. No, the father picked a fight. He literally picked a fight. He literally picked a fight with the devil. Okay. And when Adam messed up, when Adam was deceived, Adam, Adam actually had the wrong mentality, right? Adam was a gardener in the war. He wasn't a warrior in the garden. And I'll talk more about that later. That, that, that's actually a Chinese proverb, but it applies to Christianity. It, is, it, is, it describes the wrong mentality that was demonstrated by Adam. He didn't know he was in a war. He didn't know he had to fight for Eve. He didn't know he had to fight for the church. He didn't know he had to fight for himself. He didn't know that he was commanded by the Lord in his nature to cause the garden to expand, invade, and dominate the landscape. And so then he becomes a victim. But here's the nature of the father. The father, his intent is still to deliver and heal people. He didn't condemn Adam. He said, all right, Adam, there's consequences, but here's what I'm going to do for you. He actually turned to the serpent, the one who deceived, and he he, he speaks this awesome prophecy. It's the first prophecy in Genesis 3, uh, verse 15. He speaks to Satan and he says this. He says, I will put hatred, enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel The Lord was actually prophesying that through a woman, the very one you deceived, will uh, the supernatural son of God be birthed and he will actually multiply and reproduce and the sons of God, believers of Jesus Christ, will function in the crushing of your head every day of your life and they will dominate you they will cast you out they will torment you they will send you to the abyss they will make people who are sick alive in Christ they will make them healed they will drive out demons right that that's what that prophecy actually means it is a supernatural call and it reveals the the, the nature of the father's heart he didn't come to condemn believers and and Adam and and people that are at the mercy of demons he comes to deliver them he prophesies okay and that's the power of prophecy and we'll get into that later but the prophetic realm of God is it's dripping with the mercy of God with the intent of delivering people out of darkness out of sickness out of disease out of prison cells when he finds a man who realizes he's a warrior in a garden and not a gardener in a war, okay? And so this nature is a supernatural force of the Spirit of God that is hell-bent on victory. The deliverance minister must embody this mentality. Take no prisoners, have no mercy for the enemy, have mercy for the people, but have no mercy for the enemy, and have your eyes open to the reality that demons literally are assigned to people to kill, steal, and destroy them, okay? The father was saying in the first prophecy that when his church is birthed through Christ, that they will dominate the earth, they will invade the earth, they will will grow and dominate, expand the garden to keep getting people healed, to keep getting people delivered, to keep getting people awakening in Christ, awakening new warriors with the same mentality to invade the earth to invade the demonic ground to realm to 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 pull down principalities to break strongholds to cast out demons okay the the genesis 315 calling through the prophecy of the seed of christ the seed of the woman which is christ will multiply and crush the head of satan Look at Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give you authority to tread on what? The serpent and the scorpion. Mark 16, verse 15 to 18. These signs will follow those, those that believe. In my name, you will cast out devils. You will heal the sick. You will baptize people in the power of the Holy Ghost. You will take up serpents, okay? Take up serpents doesn't mean literally like they do in West Virginia where they handle... rattlesnakes and if they don't get bit they think they're saved taking up serpents is actually if you study that out that's a that that actually means that you literally pick a fight with the devil and there's a whole separate section i have a whole chapter talking about picking a fight with the devil but you must realize that when jesus and the holy ghost embodied in this nature of dominion whenever they uh impart to you the holy ghost it is to pick fights, okay? It is to embody that nature. It is, when, when Paul says, we do not war against flesh and blood in, in Ephesians six twelve, he says, we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. I've heard all kinds of false teachings and say, well, they're there, the demons are there, but well, as long as you don't bother them, they're not gonna bother you. And oh, by the way, don't go picking a fight with a principality. They are big. They are going to literally induce sickness in you. So if you don't pray against them, then, you know, everything will be good. That is a lie from the devil. Can I tell you this? Satan is shaking in his boots at the awakening of the sons of God. He is uh, shaking in his boots to such a degree. Oh my gosh. If there's a fearless warrior that would rise up and realize their true power and authority in Christ that they could pull down strongholds that they could break principalities that they could crush the head of ruling spirits and powers and rulers of darkness. Oh my gosh, that is the re- that is reality guys. That is reality. Satan is afraid of you becoming a spirit-filled, baptized in power, seeing dreams and visions, going where the Lord sends you to cast out devils, heal the sick, and raise the dead. Satan's afraid of one guy, one man who will embody that nature. Is it you? Is it you? Come on, there, there's there's got to be one of you who will say, raise their hand and say, that's me. I have vengeance in my heart. Can I tell you that vengeance is the nature of Christ? In Isaiah sixty-three verse four, Jesus says this is a prophecy of Jesus coming, the seed that would crush the head of the serpent. He says, "My Father's vengeance is in my heart." It, I embody the vengeance of Almighty God. What does that mean? <clears throat> if you if you don't have the right perspective of vengeance, you will assume, oh, you you will assume what the dead church assumes. I'm not supposed to judge. I'm not supposed to uh, condemn. I'm not supposed to do that. Well, part of that is true, but it's a woven lie that makes the church powerless. The true essence of vengeance is bringing judgment against the enemies of God. To, To reconcile man, to bring man close through mercy, but to bring the judgment of Almighty God against the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and cast out demons. That's what vengeance is, okay? So what did I learn at the Navajo Indian Reservation? I learned that that demon tried to kill me. As merciful as I was in not even thinking and running back the aisle to begin casting out the demon from that witch doctor, that peyote witch doctor um, that was choking out the man in front of him. Because of my innocence, my inability, my lack of growth in the spirit world, I became a victim of that spirit as that thing began to choke me. But guess what? In the midst of that battle, in the midst of that war, something happened in my heart. Vengeance, the vengeance of Christ came into my heart and I vowed in that moment when I got up off the table after the, after the evangelist's wife began to prophesy over me that the dragon uh, would fall, that the dragon would fall, and, and, and that thing, pe- I could feel it peeling off my face, off my body, and strength came into me. The contrast between the power of death and the power of the demonic world versus the power of the Holy Spirit, it became tangible. It wasn't just this fic- fictitious description. It was real. It was so real that I could grab hold at my body, my soul, everything was under the spell of darkness, under the spell of sickness and disease as I was puking my guts out all night because this thing was choking me and causing death. It was a murdering spirit. It manifested itself as a murdering spirit trying to uh, choke the guy in front of it. Then the spirit itself came on me, choked me, and sickness came on me that night, Right? You got to wrap your head around this, guys. This thing tried to kill me, but Christ came and used that situation to impart his vengeance into me that I couldn't learn about. I couldn't read about in a book. I couldn't hear a guy talk about, but something happened in that moment of my deliverance from that demon that I, I cried out to God in the weeks and months and years after I want the anointing that releases vengeance on your enemies, Lord. I want your anointing that casts out devils, that no matter what principality I run into, no matter what ruling spirit I run into, no matter what is imprisoning your people, I want the anointing to drive it out, to set the people free, and to release the vengeance of God against the enemies of God. You with me, guys? Is that your heart? If not, I pray that the Lord would impart to you Scenarios and situations where the impartation of vengeance would enter into the heart, into your heart, awakening the warrior within you, because deep inside of you, underneath the deception that this world has put on you, there's a fighter. Deep inside of you, there's a warrior of God. Deep inside of you, there is one who will embrace the power of the Holy Spirit, expecting the supernatural everywhere you go as the Lord delivers you and you grow in the anointing, you also are going to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. You're gonna do things that are way beyond what your perceived abilities right now really are. And it doesn't really matter where you're at. It's your it. What matters is your heart cry that you cry out for, for the vengeance of Almighty God. So I'm just going to stop here for a moment because I feel the anointing on this. Lord, I pray for every person right now that has paused and said, Lord, I want that heart. I want the heart of Christ. I want to know the Holy Spirit that says he will bring the judgment of God upon the enemies of God. Lord, I pray for that person's heart right now. I pray that the deception and every form of sickness, disease, and limitation, woefulness, woefulness oppression, heaviness, I command it to leave right now in Jesus' name, and I just, Lord, I awaken, I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon them that they would receive power, just like you promised, Lord. In Acts chapter one, verse four, you said that when the Holy Ghost, the baptism comes upon them from Christ, from the heart of vengeance, that power would come on them to raise the dead, cast out devils, and do the supernatural, Lord. Let that come on them right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So guys, you must realize that not only does Christ embody the heart of vengeance, it says in John 16, verse 11, Jesus is talking in the context. He says, when the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost comes, he's telling, he's prepping the disciples that the supernatural power of God is going to come upon you. And one of the things he's going to do, one of his purposes is not not to condemn people, He's actually bringing judgment in two fashions. It says, it says in uh, John 16 verse 11 that one of the things the Holy Ghost does is to judge the enemies of God, to judge Satan. So in the process of judgment, the Lord is for the people. That's why he sent his son to the cross to set people free, not to condemn them. And the Holy Ghost embodies through the gifts of the Spirit, through dreams, visions, and prophecy, words of knowledge. It's all intended to set people free while at the same time judging the enemies of God. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is your friend. He's actually for you, not against you. He is the mercy of God embodied on earth, imparted to you to receive mercy, deliverance from what you can't stop, right? What you can't, What you don't have the ability to do, he does it by bringing the mercy of heaven to you and judging the enemies of God. And so in the midst of this, guys, there's a revelation you have to grasp. Um, Death is a spirit. Murder is a spirit. Hate is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. A lot of churches and denominations, you know, they life coach you. They try to make you think better by stopping a thought. Can I tell you this? You can't stop a thought. There's no such thing as you having the ability to stop a thought. Because if you know where thoughts came from, thoughts come from the spirit world, okay? Thoughts come either from the Holy Ghost or from demonic powers. And you're either connected in the Holy Ghost as sons and daughters of God Seeking in prayer, the Holy Ghost, and that's why prayer, if you've heard my stuff, I preach prayer. Prayer is the central source of life, because if you are not connected into the Holy Ghost, receiving the nature of love, purpose, uh, peace, all of that stuff that God gives, if, if you are by default not connected to the Holy Spirit, you are connected to the, to this world, which who, who rules the skies? right? Ephesians 2 says the prince, the power of the air, the the one who whispers thoughts. He whispers emotions. He whispers evil into the hearts of people. So for example, if if you struggle with depression, heaviness, guess what? That's not from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost doesn't come and bring depression. And guess what? That's just not you. There's, that's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. Oh, that's just you. You have to fight yourself. You have to stop the thought. Get out of here. That, thats a joke. Paul actually says in Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three through six, for we do not. Uh, he, he talks about uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, high things. He's talking about thoughts. He's talking about emotions from demonic powers that are imparted to the people. And it's only through the Holy Spirit that you have power over that junk, okay? And so death is a spirit, murder is a spirit, hate is a spirit. All these demonic feelings are spirits. You must realize and be woken up to the reality that you are in a war, a war designed to kill you, okay? But one man, one woman, one daughter of the King, one son of Jesus Christ has the ability to do the supernatural Moses encountered the fire of the Holy Spirit he was sent to set a nation free by taking what the Lord said and when he spoke it not only did he set the people free out of the nation but he judged the enemies of God every everything the frog God right the um, you know the the water being turned to blood all of those judgments were against the the demonic powers, the gods that Egypt worshiped. Okay. So when, when Moses released, uh, the word set my people free, every time he said that there was a judgment coming, there was a judgment coming. Okay. And so as a, as a minister, you've got to embody the mentality that when you know when I go to India or when I go to churches to preach and minister and I'm prophesying and I'm casting out devils it is always to set people free and bring the judgment of God against the enemies of God I love it I love to see demons beg literally beg don't cast me out don't cast me out and we'll get into that deeper we'll get into uh Luke 11 and and uh you know the casting out of demons deeper as we move into this series but you know, the pattern in the Bible is he calls one man, he calls one woman to do a supernatural thing. He called David to face a giant and he didn't condemn the people who were sh- shaking in fear under Paul's or under uh, Saul's weakness as king. He sent a boy to confront a giant and the nation was transferred into the kingdom. It was transferred into victory. As David in the coming years became king and the nation ends ends up worshiping God in Zion, right? That's a deliverer. He sends Elijah to confront demonic powers, the witch doctors. And the nation is set free. He didn't come to condemn the people. He came to condemn witchcraft and uh, idol worship and, and all of the junk. And what happened? The fire of God came the people are set free. The, the 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 nation of Israel is actually delivered out of the hands of darkness, while evil is judged. It says that that Elijah took the false prophets of Baal and the witch doctors, took them down to the brook, and slayed their neck. Now, that's there's a that symbolism for domination over the darkness. The nation is set free while the demonic powers are judged. Okay, when Paul was walking through Macedonia in Acts chapter 16, he encountered a slave girl who was um, under the spirit of python, meaning witchcraft, uh, divination. She was um, releasing a spell upon Paul. Paul turns and casts the demon out of, of the girl. And what happens? Revival ensues. The people who are worshiping the, the Lady Diana and uh, basically the Jezebel uh, spirit and, and witchcraft uh, that was inundated in Macedonia, suddenly the power of God is poured out in Macedonia and there's, there's revival, okay? That's what happens. That's what happens with when one person believes and has a mindset and recognition of they're called to be a deliverer, Okay? And so at the end of this, guys, Jesus picks fights. The Holy Ghost picks fights. He baptizes people in power so that you can pray in tongues and prophesy. Ultimately, you get set free because you win the battle against the demons that you face. And when you get free, then you get to help your friends. You get to help your family. You get to cast the demons out of them and see the supernatural. Because that is the mantra of Christ. That's what Christ does. He says, these signs will follow me in my name. He doesn't say they might follow or they only follow a small number of people. He says, if you believe in me and you represent me, the kingdom of heaven is in your hand. And when you reach and touch people to pray for them, to release prophecy in their life, you are releasing the kingdom. And these signs will follow you you will cast out devils, you will heal the sick, you will raise the dead, you will do the supernatural, okay? This is bringing the judgment of heaven upon the earth, and the judgment of heaven is for the people and against the demonic powers. That's why the uh, Holy Spirit baptism is so important, okay? It is so important. You cannot invoke the power of God and the power of the Holy Ghost if you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have to be submersed. That's what baptism means. You have to be submersed in it. And the ability to pray in tongues um, is actually the, the drawing of the presence of the Lord, the connectedness to the Holy Ghost to hear His voice, okay? And like I said in the last session, uh, if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, go listen to my other stuff on the podcast Um I pray I there's a lot of time there's a lot of time where we spend praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And um if it does if if you don't get baptized, email me. I'll call I will talk to you on the phone personally to get you baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's how important I believe the baptism of the Holy Ghost is. Okay? You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you're believing the lie that well, I kind of believe in Jesus, but I don't need that. I'm I'm not sure about this tongues. I'm not sure about prophecy. That's a lie. That is is the scales of demonic false theology that has invaded the church that is intended to keep the people from being baptized in the very power and using the gifts that will bring judgment upon Satan and his demonic powers. How better to keep the, the church from becoming what they are than to infiltrate it and to feed the church false theology and a powerless form of religion that doesn't see the supernatural and is willing to just sit there in powerlessness. Okay, Those are that, that's the ultimate lie against the church. Okay, and so you got to realize, guys, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is intended to make you a warrior in the garden instead of a gardener in the war. Adam's failure is that he refused to enter the war. He literally um, was passive in his response. He was passive. What would have happened if the warrior Adam rose up, grabbed that serpent by the neck, literally ripped its head off, and at the same time released deliverance to Eve and you know the concept of driving devils out and 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 releasing redemption upon eve everything would have been different adam would not have given up his keys of authority he actually would have been a warrior in the garden and everything would have been different but here's the, here's the deal guys at the end of it you're called to be a warrior in the garden okay you are called to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, all the supernatural stuff. And the the sickness, the disease, the spiritual blindness that surrounds us, that surrounds the people of this world is actually the work of demonic spirits, okay? It's not just bad theology. It's not just a bad thought process. It's not just, oh, that guy likes Hinduism or Buddhism and Taoism and, and all of these you know, concepts where, you know, one group of people just likes to, you know, do yoga and disappear from the world. Another, another like Hinduism, they worship everything and call it a god and think they're going to get strength from the demon gods. I mean, all of these are just heirs, right? They're heirs, they're, error. they're, they're um, imprisoning forces. Anything that keeps you from the power of the Holy Ghost is an imprisoning force and it's demonic in nature. Um, Okay. And so I'm just going to, I want to tell you a story at this point before we move on. Um, I was ministering in a church in 2017 um, and I felt this boldness enter the room. And um, it was actually before I started preaching. I looked at this couple. um, They were draped in sadness um, and, and my heart just started to like, this compassion came over me as I'm looking at this couple I could see this dark sadness on them and the Lord showed me this vision I saw the husband and wife they were clothed in what appeared like a black shower curtain it was like this this oozing evil darkness that was coating them okay um, it was heavy and it was even constricting them I saw the the this black shower curtain began to move, wrapping around the woman's waist and squeezing the life out of her. But then I saw Jesus appear on the scene out of nowhere. He grabbed the black shower curtain and untied them. He removed uh, the shower curtain from the woman's womb and Jesus then touched her belly and I saw a baby appear in the womb. It was kicking and ready to be born, okay? And so I called the couple up um, in front of the church. And this is a couple that I found out later that they weren't really believers. They periodically would attend church. They they were kind of in, they were kind of out. Um, you know, they weren't really thorough believers in Jesus, but here's how the mercy of God works. He's doing anything possible to pull people close. That's the mercy of God. And His intent is to set people free from demonic shower curtains, so to speak, right? That's what the Lord showed me Um, which actually turns out to be a spirit of death, okay? What the Lord was showing me was a spirit of death was draped down over them. And so I pulled this couple up and I began to speak to them, okay? I began to share what the Lord showed me. And all of a sudden, I mean, it was like the floodgates open As I'm talking about death constricting them, um, the wife, and they're a young couple, they were in their mid-20s, The wife is like overcome with grief. She's weeping uncontrollably. She falls to the ground. She's shaking on the floor. And um, the young man, he's trembling. He's got tears running down his face. Um, And like it was so profound. The people gasped in in the congregation. And so I stopped and I asked a couple questions. And the pastor informed me. He says, they just lost a baby. She was carrying a baby. She The baby was about six or seven months along. And um, they suddenly overnight lost a baby. Just literally, literally like three days ago. Um, and like at this point, like I'm crying. I, I can't believe that the Lord pointed this couple to me through a vision with the intent of what I saw that was that Jesus was going to restore life and that she would become pregnant again. So I'm ministering to these guys, the church is weeping, everybody's crying, I'm crying. Um, but I'm speaking life, I'm speaking the vision of the Lord that although death came to take their baby, the Lord was going to restore them and that she would be pregnant again, okay? And so, this story, um, you know, I go on. I keep ministering the rest of the weekend, and um, this couple throughout the next couple of days, you know, they're just like, "How did you know?" The church people, are, how did you, how did you know? I'm like, listen, I, the Lord sends me all over the over America. He sends me all over India, um, you know. And when he sends me, it's with purpose—to deliver people, to to cast out demons, to confront the demonic, to confront the spirit of death, so that life can come. Okay. And so, this couple—they get—they get my—they get, my, uh, get my number, they get my email, and uh, you know, we're talking. where he's asking me a thousand questions in the days following this. Because somehow they can feel that something's different. As, as grief-stricken as they were. As, as grief-stricken as they were. How in the world would this God of mercy. Care about this couple. In southern Ohio. So much. That he would send a guy. To prophesy that although death came. Life was going to be granted to you again. And so this, this guy's asking me a thousand questions and I'm I'm leading him through the Holy Ghost. I'm leading him through getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, all of a sudden, like it wasn't even three weeks, they call me and, and, and uh, it was like, you're not going to believe this. She's pregnant. And I mean, it was like, Oh my gosh! Right, and so this was one of the first death to life stories. I mean, I've I've prayed for a lot of people. I've prayed for a lot of barren women in uh, in India that suddenly get pregnant and that type of thing. But this, I don't know, man. This this there was something to this one. It was supernatural. This guy, his name was Kurt. He he uh, he would always email me or text me pictures of the baby, and it was like he would make these statements. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. He had such a revelation of God's love that him and his wife were changed. They're changed forever. Um, And periodically, even to this day, he'll send me a picture. Do you remember when you prophesied this? Do you remember that life came into us, that life came into my wife's womb again? And it was just crazy. Um, But That's a picture of the war and what a deliverance minister is, guys. That's a picture of of death coming to kill, steal, and destroy, but the Lord coming to give life. And having the right perspective of this war is crucial. It's not like, well, I can take it or leave it. It's it's actually crucial. And you have to know um, the Lord's perspective of the time you are in, okay? You are in a unique time on the earth and you are given so much super amazing opportunity to do the supernatural work of jesus um in the book of daniel daniel has this vision and i'm going to read daniel 7 verse 11 to 14 because it illustrates the time and the equipping of the saints okay Starting with verse 11, then I kept looking because of the sound of the great and boastful words which the horn was speaking. What's the horn? The horn is Satan, okay? It's the whispering voice that whispers into the heart of man. It's boastful. It keeps and it. It releases an oozing, demonic heaviness, oppression, depression, okay? So the Lord is letting Daniel see this in a vision. And so it goes on. Daniel says, I kept looking until... The beast was slain and its body destroyed, given to be burned with the fire. As for the rest of the beast, their power was taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a determined time. I kept looking in the night visions and behold on the clouds of heaven, one like the son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him. The Messiah was given dominion, supreme authority, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, speakers, speakers of every language should serve and worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So, what's going on here? Okay. The Lord is giving Daniel a vision of the coming dominion that would be given to the church. And the key description here is the word until. Okay the horn, as I said, is the voice of Satan, that dominated man until the cross. Okay, go, go read that scripture and study it, because until the cross, Satan had dominion. He actually enslaved people. Um, he took the keys from Satan, or he took the keys, he deceived the keys out of Adam's hands, right? He deceives Adam. Adam gives up his authority. That's, keys are a prophetic symbol of authority. Adam gave it up. So what did Christ do on the cross? It says that Christ first descended, right? In the the book of Ephesians, it says Christ descended into hell. He took the keys of life and death. Revelation 118 says that he ascended out of hell with all the keys. He holds the keys of sin and death. He holds the keys of life. Jesus Christ holds all keys. There is no authority that Jesus Christ does not hold, right? So how much authority does Satan have? Right now in this moment at the cross was the moment until, until the cross, Satan had all authority. After the cross, Satan has zero authority. All authority is in the hand of Christ, okay? Okay all of that authority in the hand of Christ, Jesus says, I will give you the keys. In Matthew 16, he says, I will give you the keys. Whatever you, ha- whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The gates of hell will not prevail. That's a promise. He actually is saying right now is the most opportune time for the church to take dominion over Satan, to actually partake in beating the living snots out of Satan and his dominion, out of his principalities, out of his rulers of darkness, you have been given keys to put your foot on Satan's neck. Did you get that, guys? Did you get that? You are to be partakers of reconciliation, which includes judgment that delivers the captives, sets the captives free. That's the mercy of God pulling the people out of brokenness out of separation from the holy spirit out of death out of having your babies taken from you out of having a disease and cancer steal your strength and life and into partaking into being a warrior in the garden where you restore dominion on earth, where you cast out devils, you heal the sick, you raise the dead, everything that Satan is trying to do in deception of man to release sickness and disease because it is a spirit, right? It is a spirit. And he gives you power and authority to cast it out. So here's the deal, guys. If you are now living powerless, if you are now living hopeless, if you are now living in depression, you're under a spell. If you're not casting out devils, you're under a spell. You are under a spell. And Jesus, just like he did when he walked through that wall in, John, in, in, in the book of John and in Mark 16, he walked through the wall, he confronted their unbelief and he said, no, 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 my kingdom and the people that believe in me these signs will follow you. You will not be a victim of disease. You will not be a victim of despair. You will not be a victim of generational curses. You will not be. In fact, I turn the tables on the enemy. I put authority back into your hands and you are the one who puts your foot on, on Satan's head. You are the one who partakes in expanding the garden of dominion on the earth. You get the picture yet, guys? But you have to embody the fact that you're a new creature. You are born again, the likes of which never existed before. You are supernatural, absolutely supernatural. And so I think this is a good time to kind of close in prayer. Um, I'll pause here before we jump into the next session. Um, Man, I just I feel the presence of God bringing the revelation to your heart right now. Of how real the deception is, and the contrast between being a warrior in the garden instead of being a gardener in the war, deceived and letting Eve be taken captive, letting Eve actually bowing down to the deceptive powers and even agreeing with Eve because you don't realize your authority. That has to sink in. Jesus came, he says, Behold, I give you authority to tread on the serpent and the scorpion and over all the supernatural power of the evil one and nothing shall by any means harm you that's luke ten nineteen. my prayer for you is that those words haunt you they literally become so real to you that every form of unbelief that you've accepted that that the warrior that Christ the warrior would be raised up in you. And I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm saying this because the Lord in this hour is awakening wisdom-filled warriors to ascend the high place, to take dominion over strongholds, to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, and do the supernatural. You are called to invade, to release the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth. You are called to release the presence of God to to be a true representation of dominion in the garden. And so I'm just I'm just gonna pray for you guys right now. Um I just I'm gonna pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, that you would see visions and that you would begin to cast out devils. Um, that that the supernatural, this mentality of vengeance would be awakened in your heart. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just I just release a fresh baptism, a new revelation of Christ, the warrior, um, Christ, the one who carries vengeance in his heart and desperately was willing to go to the cross to conquer sin and death, to ascend with the keys of life, the keys of sin and the keys of death. And so just, Lord, as you gave me a revelation of Jesus Christ holding the keys of death over that spirit and, and leading me to, to prophesy life in places of death and see women get pregnant, see dead babies raised, see, see dead people raised to life, to see the supernatural Lord raised um, and, and just the, the, the awakening of the army of God. Lord, I pray for that baptism Lord, that baptism of victory, that baptism of of having mercy for the people, and the baptism of taking vengeance against the enemies of God that come to kill, steal, and destroy. Lord, I I release that baptism right now in the name of Jesus. Some of you right now are are feeling fire in your belly. Some of you um, are going to be awakened in dreams. Some of you right now are trembling as demons, the demons that have been hidden inside of you are beginning to manifest Um, some of you are even going to begin to throw up that's normal deliverance. So Lord, right now in Jesus name, every form of, of, of deceptive Christian, uh, passiveness, um, like Adam was in the garden, I command that spirit to leave. I, com- I command passivity to leave. I command dead religion to come out in the name of Jesus. I command brokenness and shame to come out. I command the lie that says there's not a call of God on your life, that you're just supposed to be a person that sits in a pew or a person that wanders aimlessly across the earth. And is a victim of the world. I break that lie. I command every demonic web, every demonic entanglement, every curse that is working in your life, I command it to go right now in Jesus' name. I command the scales to fall off of your eyes, and I release the fire of the Holy Ghost, the warrior anointing of Christ. I release it upon you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the awakening of tongues. I pray for the awakening of the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, visions, dreams, the working of miracles, healing, uh, discernment. Um, tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, Lord, I release faith right now to do the supernatural. Lord, I release and prophesy over the people right now, Lord, that you're awakening Davids to stand before giants to deliver nations, that you're awakening Moseses to stand before Pharaohs and say, set my people free, to reign the judgment of God upon the enemies of God, upon the idol uh, worship and the demons behind those idols. Lord, I just release Lord, the awakening of the Elijahs and the awakening of the Pauls who will go into the world, preach the gospel with signs and wonders following them in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the grace of the warrior, of the wisdom-filled warrior, Lord, let that grace come upon those hearing and listening right now. Lord, let that grace come upon them right now. And Lord, give them visions of the demonic powers that they are to go fight. In the days, weeks, and months ahead. That they would be set free. Their children would be set free. Their husbands and wives would be set free. Their families would be set free. Their churches would be set free. Their cities would be set free. Because the Lord has found one man. Who believes so profoundly in the supernatural. That they'll raise the dead. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. And baptize the masses. In the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord let this grace come upon the people right now in the name of Jesus. All right, guys, have a good week. Uh, We'll be back with part three next week, and uh, we're just going to go deeper into the awakening of the warriors of Almighty God. Have a great week. Bless you. Amen. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcupett.org, d-a-v-i-d-c-u-p-p-e-t-t.org, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.